Williams comes in at quarterback. The former North Carolina Tar Heel. He runs it on a draw play right into the end zone. Perez. Colby Pearson breaks the tackle, and there he goes. Bye-bye. Touchdown, Guardians. Ball batted in the air and intercepted. That certainly won't help. Ryan Mueller, he takes it in for the score. To get their first road win of the season, New York goes to 3-2. and two. They knock off Dallas 30-12. to 12. What's going on, football fans? This is the XFL Show, and this is a post-game recap of the New York Guardians thumping of the Dallas Renegades, 30-12. to 12. This is Bryant. This is the gargoyle overlooking the metropolis, otherwise known as Allen, the guy who loves to scream out. Wait a minute. Guardians! The, the, they named the gargoyle Allen? No, it's actually named it's actually named Gotham. Man, I was Gotham. having fun yelling Guardians this entire game. <laughs> Big plays all over the place for a team that's been searching for him on offense. This was shocking in the sense that the score was so so much they hit the over, Brian. I can't believe it. I picked a 12-9 victory for the Guardians, but this was ridiculous. Well, the Guardians almost hit the over of 33, I believe, and a half uh, by themselves with those 30 points. Alan, I, are you in Dallas? Because the Guardians have not won unless you're in the building. So I was just curious to see if you're in No, Dallas. this is the first time no. the Guardians uh, did not win a game I was at. Um, and also, just want to note this before we dive into this game. Officially now, uh, the Houston Roughnecks, the only team to ever win a home game in uh, the state of Texas. Still. <laughs> Undefeated in the state of Texas, in the at United home. States of America, in the world, uh, anywhere, really. They have not lost at all. Uh, Alan, we're going to go through some of these stats, some of these players that stood out to you here in a little bit. But first, uh, in the game, we saw a lot of interesting plays. We saw a, uh, a run back, a kickoff run back, which is always a lot of fun to see. The first one we've seen without some trickeration, we did see some uh, pulling blockers, though. That was pretty cool. Some strategy behind this instead of just blocking the man that's in front of you. Yeah, this this was the second return we've ever seen in the, in the league in this game. Um, but really, it, it uh, unfortunately, it really didn't matter at all, Bryant. I mean, the Dallas Renegades were so inept on offense that this is spectacular play, although for a moment gave them some hope and brought them within, what, 15 points at that point in the third, uh, it didn't really matter because Phillip Nelson could not do anything at quarterback in this game. He was totally inaccurate. I cannot believe they didn't try anything else under center, honestly. I mean, I know that they are committed to him as the main backup to Landry Jones, but, I mean, that guy just looked lost out there. He looked unsure of himself calling plays. There was the one early – the first drive, wasn't it, where he called a quarterback sneak out of nowhere? He audibled to a sneak that made no sense. This was baffling watching the Dallas Renegades, who we've seen – have some great running attacks, have some great pa uh, passing games, even among some turnovers with Donald Parham and Jeff Bidette. It was baffling to watch their offense, though. With Hal Mummy up in the booth, it was a very different Dallas Renegades team today for me. And the Guardians, credit to them, took advantage. 
Well, no, uh, no Halmami on the sidelines, but also no Landry Jones. He was nowhere to be found. Like you said, Philip Nelson uh, was at the helm, 28 for 49, 210 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, he did have that cool run where he, like, saucered in the air or something like that. That was a lot of fun to watch for a first down. Uh, Alan Lewis Perez on the other side, 16 for 30, uh, 229 yards, one TD, one interception. I texted you during this game. Uh, he might not be the best and most gifted and most talented quarterback out there, but damn, man, he really wanted him. He if I was his receiver, I'd want to run a route for that man. They voted him captain because they like the guy. So he is a very likable guy, even though his his play sometimes can be bowling shoe ugly. But it, he's he's a bowler, so he's effective that way. So that's that works for him. And I, even you're gonna have to explain that one to me after the show. Even <laughs> even on an ugly duckling. Dying quail of a pass. He still scored an 80-yard touchdown throw uh, to, to Colby Pearson. I mean, this was uh, a, a coming out of sorts of, for Luis Perez, at least for his teammates as a leader for the New York Guardians. This was an excellent game, I thought, for him. Um, you know, he he is just a, a really an enjoyable guy to watch play football to hear about his story. He's so amicable on the sidelines during the interviews too. He's got that aw shucks vibe that kind of reminds me of Peyton Manning just with his demeanor as well. So seeing him kind of win over the team and and really bring the Guardians out of the abyss that they were in just a couple of weeks ago, Brian, I definitely think is one of the highlights of the season so far. Uh, it is. And in this Guardians team has shown life that they did not show in weeks two and three. Uh, you know, maybe signs of what the XFL is is offering, what they can do. Remember, I keep saying it, but it just seems more and more prevalent that anything could happen in this league. Uh, we saw a touchdown. You mean uh, from three, lineman two three touchdown, three touchdowns in like ninety seconds? You mean that kind of thing happening? <laughs> yeah, that, uh, one of those from a defense. <laughs> that's, that's great. Three touchdowns in ninety seconds. One of those from a defensive lineman, and the other one uh, on a kickoff return. Uh, it's just full of excitement. I love it. Uh, even in a 30 to 12 game, you really just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and it was still a two possession game. You know, I was doing the math in my head. I feel like an offense has to run like five possessions just for this game to be outside of three possessions away for the other team. It's really just baffling to me that the, the, the it just seems like a team's never out of it. And it keeps these games uh, very interesting. Alan, uh, let's go through some more of these stats. Uh, Darius Victor, 58 yards rushing for no, no touchdowns though. Uh, Marquise Williams did get in that touchdown. He was in that uh, shotgun quarterback draw that got them uh, their touchdown on the ground. Uh, Tim Cook showed some signs of life here and there uh, with 26 yards and then Stockton uh, 41 yards on the ground. A, a good rushing game for this team, a well-balanced game, I would say, uh, for the New York Guardians. Stockton also uh, had that I, big return, too, uh, early in the game. I mean, he, yeah, you had a bunch of contributors on on offense for the Guardians, but come on, you got to talk about their de their defensive players racked up some statistics in this game too. I mean, Boonmi Rutimi was in the backfield all game long. I, I don't know even th I, he might have not even had a sack, but I think he was he was just hitting Philip Nelson constantly in this game. And then Savon Walker, who is their star, the star defensive lineman, maybe in all the XFL so far, uh, he had uh, two sacks in this game, two tackles for loss. I mean, that guy, number 99 of the Guardians, if you haven't noticed him yet, uh, you, I don't know what you're watching. He's everywhere on the defensive front for them. And then their leader on defense, Ben Heaney, showing up big. I mean, he, he was just everywhere as well, you know, general of that defense. This defense turned up, Bryant, and that secondary, we've been saying all season long, they're one of the better 
units in the league and that defensive front came to play against the Dallas Renegades running game that we expected, you expected, I thought, to, to really take it to the New York Guardians. They did not. I did expect it to happen, and for whatever reason, the Dallas Renegades just could not get anything rolling. No momentum in this game. I know the half at half it was 6-6, and you felt like, Alan, your score was going to come in nicely, right? 12-9, 12, 12, I think is what you said you had predicted this game to be. Uh, it did not. Uh, L, uh, excuse me, New York's team really kicked into gear and moved the ball as, as, as New York can. I mean, that's kind of what New York did when they beat Tampa Bay, right? They, they didn't look great. But they won the game last week against the Wildcats. They didn't look great, but they won the game. Ball They're control kind of being the- and, tur- and turnovers. Ball control and take the ball away and take away, uh, you know, what something away from your that. Opportunities. From, yeah, take, yep. take away your opportunities. Screw you over in the red zone like they did to the Vipers. Or in the in the Renegades case, I mean, totally discombobulate your quarterback the enti- for the entirety of the game. Uh, man, Philip Nelson's going to be sore after that one. That was rough for him, uh, but also really uh, not notching it up and and holding the Renegades to fifty six rushing yards. Come on, Cameron Artis Payne, uh, a player we've been talking about a whole lot so far this season. Bryant, I mean, plus Lance Dunbar, what? throw him in there, and then they they were trying to get Walter involved. He had the kick return, but. The Renegades' rushing game was nowhere to be found. And when you have a backup quarterback in the game, you think you try to establish that. You think you try to lean on that. They they, they couldn't. They could not do that. I thought they – way too much Philip Nelson. He threw 49 times in this game. I know they were down well, for that, a lot of the second half, but geez. But that's also Dallas's offense. You can't blame them for trying to stick that's to their true. games. A lot like, of those it, throws are basically uh, – are almost <laughs> laterals, basically, as we yeah, saw last pretty, week on yeah. the interception fumble. Exactly. So interception fumble, yes. So where where does Dallas go from here? They've had this man at a quarterback twice, have come back unsuccessful, I believe. Uh, Never scored a touchdown. He's never scored scored a a touchdown. Involved on a touchdown scoring drive as an offensive unit. Not only, we're not talking about how he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. They haven't even ran the ball in for a touchdown with Philip Nelson at quarterback. With broken rowback Eric Dungy there, knowledgeable football fans will tell you those are guys we'd like to see in there maybe instead of philip nelson who is just has been he's looked bad for the renegades and this is a good team i said it last week brian underachieving compared to all the other teams they are the team underachieving the most to me this week proved it and you know credit to the guardians they they laid it on them they are not an easy opponent but dallas could have showed up a little bit better than they did in this one at home where they have yet to win a game. Well, Alan, uh, we say this always in the positive sense for the teams from, from behind. Uh, well, the Dallas Renegades could still be in a playoff position if the Wildcats lose tomorrow, so don't count them out quite yet. Uh, still a lot of games to be played. Well, technically, uh, they'll five. still they'll still be in second, right, if L.A. wins because they have the head-to-head. And that, and that, well, they after. do have the head-to-head, yeah. but well, we still got another game to, to fix that out. That's so. true. But they could be in sole possession of second. Uh, to uh, for the playoffs, uh, Alan. Looking ahead for both teams, the Dallas Renegades are at DC next week, which at DC could so- be interesting if if they f- flop again tomorrow, and then you got a a, a banged Two up floppers a, a banged up <laughs> underachieving Dallas team against a, a tanking DC team could be very interesting, and both teams will be playing for something. Still, this is the XFL; you're always in it. 
basically. We talked about that earlier with the Seattle Dragons at one and five or one and four, uh, still alive in the West. So good matchup, though. I like that matchup for Dallas at least if they figure out what they're going to do at QB next week. Well, if they still uh, if they stick with Philip Nelson, it, it still might be one of those games. Both teams uh, have been struggling as yeah. of late. We'll talk about uh, what they should so... do at QB on the show on Tuesday morning. But spoiler alert from me, I'm going to say not Philip Nelson. <laughs> that, that's a little teaser <laughs> not for, Nelson. for our next episode. And then you have the Guardians going back home where they have not lost. Undefeated. Taking on the taking on the Houston Roughnecks. I'm actually intrigued by this game more so than I thought it would be uh, two weeks be? ago. Why wouldn't uh, you be? Look New at these York? two teams going. Yeah, you have New is... York who doesn't lose for whatever reason. At home. They, <laughs> yeah, at home. Uh, they seem to have found their niche, which is just kind of do your thing and don't let the other team score. If P.J. Walker plays the way he played today, oh, man. I don't know. I think I think PJ Walker playing the way he did today still would beat New York because still playing the way he did, he scored a ton of points. New York would need to they really need to capitalize on turnovers, though, I guess, the way Seattle did. Uh, but I don't know. I, I like Seattle's offense maybe a little bit better than New York still. That's a it's an interesting matchup. New York at home too. Guardians at MetLife. They they haven't lost there yet. It's uh I it's not game of the week. I'm not tapping at that that yet because we still have a, a Sunday here and week five to go, Bryant. But man, New York New York winning this game makes makes the Roughnecks matchup a lot more intriguing. You're definitely correct. It really is. All right, Alan. Well, that's it for this first day of week five for the XFL. Uh, two recaps. Go back and check them out on YouTube or on our podcast feed, xfl.com, uh, if you want to get caught up with what happened in the first two games of Week 5 on Saturday. Also, just a quick side note, uh, the XFL did put out a statement on that uh, shortened game uh, from Saturday morning, so go check that out. That's on xfl.com as well. All right, Alan, that's it. We'll be back tomorrow. Like I said, I'll be live from Dignity Health Sports Park, uh, giving you two recaps of the games tomorrow, St. Louis Battlehawks at the D.C. Defenders and then the Wildcats hosting the Vipers. But that's it for this Saturday. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, also catch our show uh, every Tuesday and Thursday. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast app. All right. For Alan, this is Bryant. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.